Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge, now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, Sharp Money, as we welcome you in, midweek, hump day, Wednesday, here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Patrick Maher. Of course, the big guy, Dustin Sweetelson, Amal Shaw, there at the D, downtown Las Vegas, Fremont Street. Got a busy show coming up for you. You've got two game threes in Major League Baseball as far as the playoffs. One in Philly with that series tied 1-1 Atlanta. We'll get to that coming up in just a bit. One in Arizona. That's the late game tonight series Right now, the Snakes 2-0 lead over the Dodgers. We'll get to that coming up. And, of course, the sandwich game. You got the Astros hit four bombs yesterday, take a 2-1 series lead over the Twins. We'll get to that game four coming up in just a bit. We've got plenty to do as we welcome you in. One, we're going to dig into the New England Patriots and the drama. There seems to be some gossip coming out, whether Robert Kraft is unhappy, displeased with Bill Belichick. Jeff Howe wrote about that in The Athletic. He's going to join us coming up in just about 44 minutes. Steve Berline, former NFL quarterback, CBS Sports, will join. Nick Eliotti is going to join, and Scott Spritzer will join professional handicapper in the final hour, as he does customarily on Wednesdays. Boys, we say hi. What's the vibe like at the D today, Amal Shah? How are we feeling? Feeling good. Looking forward to having Nick Aliotti on it. Tell you what, he's a former defensive coordinator at Oregon. The disdain for Washington will be real and it'll be palpable. And last time he had a great appearance on this show. So it should be a fun, uh, ton of fun to get his take in terms of how he sees that matchup. Yep, and that matchup this weekend in Washington with Washington the last we checked, lane three. The bookmakers are saying, oh, we'll give you a little piece for home field, but have at it. Two best teams right now, in our estimation, in the Pac-12, as we say hi to the big guy. Big guy, what's going on? I'm just realizing this. We've only got 20 days left in this month, but this is the best month for sports, right? Uh, without question. You've got everything happening. We've got hockey already started, tons of goals yesterday in that Nashville-Tampa Bay game. Uh, we've got the baseball po I watched it here because I had to have a few beverages after the show. Um 
Why, why is that funny? Why is that so funny? Uh, because because NHL teams are going to play 82 games, and so what's 82 times 30 or whatever it is, and that's the one game you're going to watch all year. Yeah, no, I'm going to re- <laughs> I'm going to be referencing that there were a lot of goals in that game through Thanksgiving. Uh, <laughs> yes. But baseball postseason, college football during the week, that's the best part of the college football slate. We've got NFL, like, this is the best month. We've only got 20 days left. We do, boys. I'm still, I can't. So, what was it? You, Burke, and Goulet had beers after the show. The game happened to be on television, and you watched a little hockey. Is that what happened? Well, so, there was some, there was college football on, and they took it off and put it on another TV, and they gave hockey the big TV here, because this is Bar Canada, after all, so that would make sense. So, I was like, oh, come on, that's the TV I was watching, and then I ended up watching the hockey game, and as soon as my eyeball said it, goals galore. Or, or to answer your question, Patrick, yes. <laughs> yes, that's exactly that's exactly what happened. Well, uh, good for you, big guy. I like to see you're getting into the puck this year, and we shall see how you do as far as handicapping because I'm sure you're going to have a couple of plays on the ice coming up later today. Now, as far as the diamond, let's just back up a little bit, go back to yesterday quickly. Uh, we talked about the home run edge. Scott Spritzer came on this show and said, you know, he broke down the home run edge in the postseason, and it matters. Uh, yesterday, the Twins hit four. Excuse me, the Astros hit four, the Twins hit Zippy, a 9-1 win. Uh, I lose out on the full game under eight with runs in the top of the ninth. And then we move on to the Orioles and Rangers. The Rangers advance the ALCS with a sweep over the one seed in the Orioles, boys. That's the first ALCS appearance for the Rangers since 2011. They were singing Creed there in Arlington. Also, they were chanting, we want Houston, we want Houston. The Battle of Texas potentially on the line. Careful what you ask for if you're a Rangers fan, as if the Houston Astros and Walshaw advance today, what will this be? Seven straight ALCS appearances? Just an historic run here for the Houston Astros. Yeah, they deserve a ton of credit. Now, obviously, the cheating scandal impacts that immensely, but since baseball is not going to acknowledge that, We'll just have to go with the current records of what they are situated. And you've got to give Houston a ton of credit. This year, they really struggled. And all of a sudden, last day of the regular season, final four days, really, the Texas Rangers just needed to win two games. They only win one out of four in Seattle. Now they're going to have to go down potentially to Houston to be able to get to the World Series. But it should be a fun series potentially if the Astros get through in games four or five against Minnesota. No doubt. No doubt. Just a quick thought on uh, yesterday's. Uh, games big guy one the Orioles have nothing to apologize for uh, out of nowhere won 100 plus after a couple of years ago losing 100 plus so the Orioles will be back that's a young team it, it shocks you when you're watching the Orioles and those kids come to bat and they just look like children so the Orioles are just getting started they'll kind of shore up that rotation and be okay moving forward for years and years to come a mercurial team in the Rangers we kind of up and down rode the roller coaster with the Rangers all year and you were one that kind of had a little bit of FOMO very early on in the season and then just started accruing futures tickets on the Rangers. Yeah, I probably bet them between 8-1 to one and 22-1 to one six or seven times this year, just a couple bucks here and there just to get in the mix because I really regretted not taking them 45-1 to one to win the World Series preseason. But I think there's something the Rangers can look across from Baltimore and, and realize – they want Houston to get this series done ASAP with Minnesota, meaning finish things off as soon as possible because you don't want to sit around and wait for that next round to begin because that's all that happened to Baltimore. There was just too big of a break between the regular season and this series starting. 
Texas's bats woke up last night in a big way. All those home runs. Uh, yeah, I, I want to play as soon as possible. Houston, I, let's take care of business. I think regardless of what happens, the series is going to start Sunday, October 15th. Oh, then ignore what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it sounded good. You got your teammate there with the assist. And let, all let, let me retract my steps. Uh, Houston will have kept playing more games, and they will have less of a break than Texas. Uh, the one, there you go. The, the one good thing with Texas is, and it probably worked this way for Houston as well, is you can line up your pitching. But, uh, guys, in reference to this postseason, you know, you mentioned Baltimore, Patrick. I was thinking about this watching them yesterday. they got a great young team. And whenever you see a team outside of the NBA repeat, because you just need three key players in the NBA to win, right? In baseball, football, and hockey. It takes so much to get back to that level. So you talked about it earlier with the Astros potentially reaching a seventh consecutive ALCS. It is such an uh, impressive accomplishment because players change. You have managers that have changed. But to stay healthy and to be talented enough consistently to not have a downturn is really impressive. On the flip side, the Orioles, first time they got swept in 91 series. Think about that, guys. That is a ton. Yeah, not of, at all during the regular season. Yeah, yeah. not at all. you got to go back to the 2021 season. What an impressive feat and what an accomplishment this team has had. The concern I have for them going forward is they're still in a very competitive division. Once New York and Boston decide they're going to spend frivolously, it could change the dynamic of the American League East. Okay, boys. Well, let's get into the sandwich game. Let's get into the game four. We talked about the Rangers awaiting potentially the Astros for that battle of Texas or potentially the Twins, which would not be what the programmers want. But let's get into it here. You've got right now Houston, Minnesota. That's a 707 uh, first pitch. East Coast, so we're going to get 4.07 our time on the West Coast. Right now, DraftKings is showing Mr. Ryan, Joe Ryan, and Minnesota, $1.25 favorite, eight on the total. So you're going to get Urquidy. Now, dig through Urquidy's, Urquidy's numbers here as far as Houston. He's not an opener, boys, but I went through his last six starts, and you take a look. He's about a three, three and a third, three and two thirds, four innings pitcher. Uh, that's where he's at right now, Urquidy. So I don't expect, again, two very good bullpens, specifically the Astros. I don't expect to see a ton of Urquidy, not an opener like we mentioned, uh, but he is going to be working. He's a guy that works with a wild fly ball rate. Ryan's a guy that gives up home runs as well, and that's kind of my tease where I'm pointing to, and that is the over. Joe Ryan's susceptible. 52 home runs given over the last two seasons. That's the ninth most in baseball. We've talked about the home runs yesterday from the Astros. An offense we know that is potent four on the day yesterday from the Astros. And really what this comes down to, I understand you're going to have weather, Amal, Dustin, that's going to mitigate some of the fly balls. It's going to be, what, it's 52 degrees, wind coming in six, seven miles an hour. But to me, Urquidy and Joe Ryan, this is the weakest starting pitching matchup of the series thus far. And yesterday you had nine runs plated, 10 eight and 10 respectively over the three games of this series. Uh, I'm going over here. I'm sorry. I think the twins actually take advantage of some of those runners in scoring position and push them across today. I don't think the Astros slow down against Joe Ryan. I like the eight. I'm going to go over the eight boys. I like the call here. Didn't play any of it, but you actually mentioned a 28 run scored in the first three games of this series. You talk about Jose Urquidy. He's got an ERA north of five, has not pitched the way he has previously in his career, does have postseason experience, but I think Patrick brought up a great point, which is Urquidy's going to be on a short leash here. If things go very well, I think he gets four innings. But realistically, you're looking at somewhere 
somewhere between two to three innings and depending on, again, the effectiveness. If he's in a little bit of trouble, Dustin, I think you could see a switch over very quickly to this effective bullpen. On the flip side, I have to be honest, if you're the Minnesota Twins, you're playing game number 166. I don't know how confident you are in Joe Ryan taking the bump, but you're going to live with what it is right now. And again, you're going to be in a short situation there, and I think Rocco Baldelli and company will be looking to go to the bullpen if things get out of hand very quickly. It will not be like Sonny Gray yesterday where you've got an opportunity to give up a fifth run, four runs, and you're going to be gone if that's the case. Yeah, my, my lean on this one was potentially the Twins, but I don't have a hard opinion. I don't think I have a good read on either of these teams. Just one of those situations where, like, I'm, I'm always wrong about both of them. Joe Ryan... He started out really hot this year, 3-4-1 ERA in the first half, fell to 4-8-2 in the second half. He's very, very hittable. So is Arkiti. So I think Patrick's play on the over makes a ton of sense here. I think both teams are going to put the ball in play, and the ball was flying out for one team yesterday. And Sonny Gray, who hadn't given up a home run all year. <laughs> I mean, I'm being facetious, yeah, no, he but was great. then all of a sudden, Abreu was hitting it out of target state, whatever they call it there in Minnesota. I, I'm sorry. If they were seeing meatballs off of Gray, they're going to be dialed in on Joe Ryan. Yep. And Urquidy, I think the Twins finally get loose with runs in scoring position. They couldn't push anybody across yesterday. Okay, just getting started. That's the sandwich game today. Three Major League Baseball playoff games. Let's back up and get to Atlanta, Philly, which is less than two hours away. First pitch. Sharp money. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, Sharp Money, as we 
Welcome you back. It's a good time to let you know. We said yesterday we're, what, 12 days away from the college football, excuse me, college basketball betting guy dropping. However, Dustin's favorite sport, the NHL, we dropped that a couple of weeks ago. And then last week we dropped the 2023 NBA betting guide. And this guide is packed. 30 team previews, live betting strategies, futures, and year-long player props. Plus, Jonathan Von Tobel in this year's NBA betting guide helps you build a model to kind of Used throughout the year. It's a great, great issue. Check it out. vcin.com slash subscribe for as low as $19. So we've got the NHL betting guide. We've got the NBA betting guide. I mentioned 12 days from now, college basketball, college hoops, just right around the corner. As we welcome you back, I'm Patrick Maher. I'm all Shaw, Dustin, Sweetelson, live at the D. Actually, speaking of college hoops, boys, I just heard from, maybe he's listening right now, I'd like to give a special shout out to the man that runs the book there at the Borgata in Atlantic City. Become a very good friend, Thomas Gable. Thomas Gable is one of the sharpest minds when it comes to college hoops. And uh, I asked him how it was going yesterday because, of course, he doesn't sleep during football season. And basically what he wrote me back was, I can't wait for college hoops. So, TG, we've got our college hoops betting guy dropping in 12 days. You should probably be contributing to that uh, as we get you back. Now, it is the baseball playoffs, and we just talked about game four in Minnesota with Houston taking a big-time 2-1 series lead in emphatic fashion yesterday. A little gamesmanship today in Philly. I, this series is awesome, and Amal, you mentioned that maybe that bottom of the eighth into the double play in the top of the ninth in Atlanta woke up this Braves team, which is historic. You look what they did offensively this year. It's 1-1-1-1-1 slugging home runs, runs. It is just an awesome, awesome fierce offense for the Braves. Now, the question for the Braves, boys, is pitching because this would be game three, Charlie Morton. He's out. They're hoping he's going to come back if they advance to the NLCS. But in his stead today, Snitker, the manager of the Braves, a little gamesmanship. We saw for a little bit the listed pitcher was A.J. smith Schauser, the kid that is just 20 years old. He throws gas, though. He's very good, the rookie, 20 doesn't have a ton of experience, but instead they're going to go Bryce Elder. Now, Elder is not necessarily going to throw the cheese that Smith Schauser uh, throws, but he does have the experience, including seven scoreless innings earlier this year at Citizens. So they went with somebody they trust a little bit, that being the Braves, and of course, Snicker, the manager, against the Phillies, who are going to throw Aaron Nola. Now, if you want to climb aboard the Aaron Nola roller coaster, I wish you Godspeed. Because what he did, seven scoreless, three hits in the wild card round against the Marlins, is not something I think is uh, replicable against this Braves offense. Specifically, and I'll let you guys run with this, but specifically, three regular season starts, four NOLA against the Braves, and they pounded them including Acuna Jr. and Austin Riley, just went nuts. 18 innings pitched against the Braves for Aaron Nola. Seven runs allowed, 16 hits, and three home runs. I expect that to continue today. I'll put it right out there. I'm going over team total. I'm going to get the top of the ninth. I'm going over team total, four and a half, at plus money on the Braves today. Also, I'm not confident in a guy who gave up 32 homers this year and 32 starts against the first five of Acuna, Albies, Riley, Olsen, and uh, drawing a blank on the number five, Marcelo Zuna, who combined to hit 203 homers. I mean, this lineup was potent. 
when you think about it, Olsen has 54 bombers, but in between you've got uh, Azuna, a, a number five hitter at 38, Riley at 37, uh, um, Acuna at 41 at the top of the lineup. I, I got to tell you right now, guys, I love the Braves in this spot. I would go reverse run line. I think Bryce Elder's going to be more effective than Aaron Nola, and I love the way you described Aaron Nola, a roller coaster ride. I would take it one step further without a seatbelt. I mean, this guy, you just never know what you're going to run into in those situations. Give me Bryce Elder. Give me the Braves. Run line yesterday with the Rangers comes in. As soon as Garcia hits the three-run homer at 6-0, you already knew that thing was over. This game, I'm telling you, Patrick, I, I believe in momentum, unlike Gary Danielson. And I'm going to tell you right now, the momentum is with the Atlanta Braves. That come from behind when you've dominated the first 16 15, 16 innings of the series, and then boom, Austin Riley hits a two-run homer. This series changes on a dime. This Atlanta team is too good. You cannot afford a team like this extra at-bats, extra opportunities. I think the Braves capitalize that, on that, and they ride this all the way to the World Series. Dustin, I agree with the Mall's assessment of Nola. You know, Elder's a guy that's going to keep the ball on the ground. Nola, conversely, he's going to give up cheese in the air. And if you're going to do that against a Braves team that can just absolutely mash, good luck with that. I'm going to stick with the team that's been historic. Yeah, look, uh, here's the deal with Nola, is he's pitching for a contract. And I think he maybe might have had a big sigh of relief after he pitched well to start the postseason. This is a different animal in front of him right now. He is not great. He's okay against the Braves, a 3-4 lifetime ERA, but here's what they do is they homer off of him. 250 lifetime batting average for Atlanta against Aranola. That's over 360 at-bats. 18 homers from this group. Four from Acuna, five from Riley, four from Ozuna. I agree with both of you. I think they're going to get to Nola. I'm inclined to take that plus 105 on Atlanta. I do agree with them all about the momentum. Something happened at the end of that game, the way it ended. The Braves feel alive again. This is a different scenario, and I don't think Aaron Nola is the kind of guy with the fortitude and the, the mental edge to come out there and try and shut down the Braves and have that kind of attitude you need in a spot like this. I think he's kind of soft. So I think I'm going to go plus $1.05 on Atlanta, and I think Elder will keep them in the game, and their bats will do enough, and Atlanta walks away with a win. How often is how often have the Atlanta Braves been dogs? So you look up on the board and you see a plus next to their name this year. You guys know? I'm gonna say take a stab? I'm gonna say uh, three or four times. They played the Dodgers, so I'm gonna guess two times. They've actually been dogs twelve times, oh, okay. and they're eight and four straight up. Great stat. So, so that is this is gonna be the thirteenth time you look up and you see a plus number. Next to the Braves, I'm showing plus 109, boys. Again, earlier this morning, I did get the four and a half on the team total at plus money. It looks like it's now $1.10 if you want to go over. So I have to lay a bit of a price on the four and a half team total on the Atlanta Braves. But I, I again, it, it did seem like I thought they were going to go with the 20-year-old, the Braves, earlier today and went the safe route with Elder. I have no problem with it. Do either of you? I do not. I think Elder's a very solid pitcher. Look, I'm on. I'm higher on him than maybe Spencer Strider. I think Spencer Strider's got more electric stuff, but I think Bryce Elder's consistency deserves to be taken into consideration, and I think he puts this team in a good position to be able to win a game on the road. And you know what, guys? You mentioned it. I don't know if it was you or Dustin talked about him being a ground ball pitcher. 
but it's important in a ballpark like this. Citizens Bank ballpark, a little bit more hitter-friendly. You want someone that can get you some double plays, erase base runners, and then prevent the long ball. That's why, to me, Aaron Nola pitching in a park like this is dangerous. Now, in, when you look at this series, whether it's Truist or it's Citizens, either place is going to be dangerous for a guy like him. I, I just feel like the Braves are the more complete team, not taking anything away from the Phillies. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I think that Atlanta is just a more complete baseball team that's had a great season. And to me, the resurgence came with that two-run homer from Riley in the ninth inning. And then, guys, I don't know if we talked about this enough or not. The play Michael Harris made was spectacular. I got no problem with Bryce getting doubled off. I know some people were complaining about Bryce getting doubled off. I loved it because he was going to score if the ball dropped, and that's the move. You're, you're not worried about whether you're on first base or not with two outs. I want that guy scoring from first base in that situation. So um, I think the, the big misstep in the eighth inning is going to allow Atlanta to prevail today and in this series. wonder if those in Philly – that are going to Citizens Bank today, I wonder if they'd prefer it be later because that is going to be a freaking drunk, loud, lit crowd today because they know all of a sudden there's this momentum building for the city of Philly as a sports town, and they've got a lot going for them right now. Like earlier today, I was reading about your hometown there in New York City and with the Giants and the Jets and, of course, the Mets and Yankees missing out on the postseason. The Knicks kind of being middling. The Nets, you know, it's not necessarily a fruitful time for New York City sports. Conversely, you just start at the top with the Eagles, the Phillies, and you can even throw the 76ers into the mix. If you start at the top, though, with the Phillies and Eagles right now, they're doing some squawking. They're feeling good about themselves, the fans there in uh, in Philadelphia. Well, and also, I mean, that that's an advantage for Philly, I will say that for tonight, is that that's a dif- different atmosphere. Atlanta's pretty good when the Braves are good. Philly is just, that that's the best atmosphere in baseball going right now. If your team having to go in there in the postseason and deal with them, it is so loud, they're so vicious, and they're into the game from the start to the end. I think that plays a role in this game, and it's probably why uh, probably why I'm a little nervous about placing this bet on the Braves, but I do think the Braves can get to Nola. That's the only reason why. I think their bats can get to Nola. I'm less concerned about Elder and the inexperience on the mound. I think they're going to hit up Aaron Nola. I, I, I think the Braves, remember that great run, Patrick, in the 90s they had with the three-headed monster that went to the Hall of Fame at pitching? This offense is so young. Olsen's 29, Azunia's 32, Riley's, I think, 26 or 27, somewhere in there. This team's got a chance to be a thorn in everybody's side for the next five years. They built this team off those punitive sanctions against them for the shady guy that was running the front office prior Coppolello? to this booming time. Yeah, I mean, it's insane what they've done. Yeah. It really is. And somehow they hoodwinked Acuna Jr. and Albies into $2 contracts oh. for the next 10 years. Unbelievable. We come back the Dodgers at the Snakes. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Stop betting in the dark. Download the Hall of Fame. Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use the code winner to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. So we're going to get done with the baseball. We're going to get into the Dodgers at Arizona. 
Game three coming up here in just a couple of minutes, and then we're going to transition to football. We've got a cool guest. Good job by the big guy with this booking. Jeff Howe is going to join. He covers the NFL for the Athletic nationally. However, he covered the Patriots from 09 to 21. Pretty good time to be on the beat. And he wrote a book. I don't know. You probably have the year on it, big guy. If these walls could talk. I remember when it came out, I didn't read nor listen about the New England Patriots. So inside dish and kind of gossip about the Patriots. And then yesterday or late last night, wrote an article over The Athletic. If you think the Patriots owner, Robert Kraft, wouldn't fire Bill Belichick, you're wrong. So... He's got the skinny, the scoop. When did he write the book, If These Walls Could Talk? So it came out in October of 18, which I, I would imagine that means a lot of the legwork at the end was done in 17. And the 17th season, they lost the Super Bowl to the Eagles and Nick Foles. Yes, they did. Yes, that was freaking awesome. That was that was good for the country. <laughs> right? We, we were all was... aligned for once on something. That was that was good. You had Donkey Kong of uh, Doug Peterson beating Belichick. You had Nick Foles beating Tom Brady, which is just I don't know. That that felt magical. You guys enjoyed that, didn't you? I, I love that. And the best part is the fact that the Patriots never punted in the game, but Belichick's defenses could never make the key stop. Dead nuts over. Hope <laughs> you had the over in that Super Bowl, right? They I had, just scored a ton. I just think like if you would have told you then. Hey, guys, Nick Foles is going to win a Super Bowl with this team, and Carson Wentz is going to be out of football in a few years. Never would have believed it. Never. You, know, you, know, you bring up a good point, though. Carson Wentz, Robert Griffin III, these are two guys that look like they were on their way to just tremendously ascending careers. And then you mentioned Nick Foles, who's kind of bouncing around. Kirk Cousins, you're like, wait a minute, you drafted another quarterback in the same draft? Has any team ever done that, actually, where they draft a first-rounder and then they draft another quarterback in the same draft? And next thing you know, Kirk Cousins winds up stealing about $200 million and Robert Griffin's doing college football games in BFE. True or false, Nick Saban has a statue already dedicated to him there in Tuscaloosa as we sit here and speak today on October 11th in the Lord's year 2023. True or false, boys? <laughs> true. It's true. Okay. True or false, there's a statue of Doug Peterson and Nick Foles outside <laughs> where the Eagles. That is also true. A freaking statue of two donks that aren't even there anymore. Doug Peterson, he's just walking around looking for some ice cream. Soft serve, hard serve, it don't matter. He's just, he's just, he's just Doug Peterson, he seems so goofy. Anyway, let's, uh, let's get to the matchup that is, it's fascinating. And, and here's the reason why. That is the Dodgers at the Diamondbacks. Now, again, you can shop for the best number. I'll give you DraftKings price on this one. Right now, DraftKings is showing Lance Lynn. Yep. Lance Lynn laying $1.30 at Arizona. And you've got Brandon Fott on the bump, the rookie for the Snakes. You take a look at what the Diamondbacks have done. It's, in, it's just fascinating. They're 4-0 in the postseason. They've beaten Burns, Peralta, Kershaw, and Miller. It's pretty good. They won the first two, obviously, in Los Angeles. They return home, and they get Lance Lynn. Now, Lance Lynn has been better, and that's what happens when you become a Dodger. You become a better baseball player. He's been better than he was with the White Sox, but not much better. Not great. As the season progressed, progressively, Lance Lynn became, well, big country. Lance Lynn. 
Uh, here's the thing about these two pitchers, and Fott is a rookie, and he's very good, but both Lynn and Fott have allowed a bunch of bombs this year. That's why you see the biggest total on the board there at 9.5. The Snakes, I mentioned, they took game one and game two in convincing fashion, a combined 15-4 to four score in Los Angeles. I, nobody saw it coming. It's fascinating as we sit here today. We're showing $1.25. Most books are up to $1.30 with the Dodgers laying it. No respect for the D-backs. You can take a run and a half at minus $1.35 with the D-backs, which is hilarious for a team that hasn't lost in the postseason. Amal Shaw, let's get it going here with the handicap Dodgers D-backs. Well, the first thing I'm looking at is Brandon Fott on the mound, the other side for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And if you're the Los Angeles Dodgers, a good opportunity against a pitcher who's had his struggles throughout the course of the season, giving up 22 home runs and just 96 innings pitched. And the other thing is, Patrick, that concerns you is he's got a propensity to get guys on base. He's got a whip of 1.41. If this Dodgers team's going to ever do it, it's tonight. It's a great pitching situation. Not suggesting or implying they're going to win the series. Look, I have some concerns about Lance Lynn, but I just think the fact that Brennan Fott's on the mound is an overwhelming concern for me when I look at the Diamondbacks. And if you look during the regular season, guys, you'd see L.A. go to Arizona. They'd be minus 150, 160, 170. They'd be just large numbers, and they would be huge favorites on the road. Now you're getting a shaved price because of the Dodgers' rough start in the first two games. Mookie Betts continues to struggle. Career 258 postseason hitter. He's got to do better if this team's going to have an opportunity. And for me, Patrick, I think it just has to be a principal play on a team that continuously has had success. Minus 125 of, uh, against the Diamondbacks team. Even though they played extremely well this postseason, I still think you play it on the Dodgers' price here. Yeah, and Dustin, I'm going to ask you while I uh, fill here a little bit, I'm going to ask you to look up the adjusted series price. You and I were discussing it earlier today, and I believe the price is going to give you an indicator. It's going to show you how much respect there is still for the Dodgers in the market. And to Amal's point about Mookie, who has struggled, Mookie could be coming into this game 0 for 100, and I'd expect him to hit for the cycle tonight. So that that's one of those players you just throw whatever he's done. You don't expect that to continue. I totally agree with you there. Uh, the Expectations for Mookie are to go off, Freeman to go off, this Dodgers offense to go off. No surprise there. But there is a little bit of disrespect. Let's go ahead and take a look at the adjusted series price, Dustin. Uh, minus 600 on the D-backs, plus 450 on the Dodgers. Four and a half to one coming back for a team that's down 0-2 is, you know, you're not going to bet that, put it that way. It's not, it's not a bit. For example, I think the Orioles yesterday were closer to seven and a half or eight dollars coming back. There was so it just, yep, seven fifty. So it gives you an idea, four fifty as compared to seven fifty. Obviously, and we're talking about a one seed in the Orioles. So the Dodgers, a lot of respect in the market still. And uh, let's get your take on it, big guy. Uh, I'm laying the dollar thirty with the Dodgers tonight. Look, Lance Lynn, four and zero lifetime at Chase Field in six starts, a three two two seven ERA, thirty three innings pitched. Uh, versus Arizona as a whole has a sub-3 ERA in 14 games, 12 starts. Brandon Fott versus the Dodgers this year has a 9-3-5 ERA. They hit him really well. I want to say like 380 lifetime against Fott. I just trust Lance Lynn a little bit more here. The Dodgers aren't going to go out without a shot here. Like they're going to they're gonna get one. They're not going to get swept by Arizona. If they do, this is going to be a very different roster next year. I think it could be they've been kind of preparing for this offseason and kind of getting their payroll. Yep. Uh, Friedman there with the Dodgers, um, I guess, manageable this year. I think it's going to be a different-looking roster anyway. It's a good point by you. 
Um, but it's going to be a dominant roster who just won. Didn't they win 100 games on yeah, the Dod- no, this no, year, the I, Dodgers? I think So in a transition year, yeah. they won 100 games. No, I think they were already planning to spend. Getting swept by Arizona, that, that means you need even more reinforcements next year. I, I, would, ag- I would agree with you guys there. I'll tell you what, though. I'm looking at. I just put in an arbitrary price in Game Two of minus 115 on the Dodgers, um, because I think Merrill Kelly will pitch for the Diamondbacks, right? He's going to go in Game Four. Or am uh, I mistaken sh- on that one? Would that be short rest, though? Is it short rest? I'm not, I wasn't sure about that one with Kelly, but my point is, then I figured the Dodgers are two dollars in the final game. I, I don't think this thing is over in the sense that if LA wins this game, and if you're going to bet them. You still have a shot with the plus 450. I, I feel like they've got to get through games three and four, Patrick. If they win three and four, then I think it's going to be very tough for Arizona in game five. Yep, absolutely. Head back to Los Angeles. So there you see it. We're showing $1.25. Most, most shops are up to $1.30. Any reticence backing Lance Lynn from the two of you here? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, the way this team is hitting right now for the Diamondbacks, it doesn't give you a ton of confidence. Look, Lance Lynn, I, I'll tell you right now, here's what's going to happen with him. He's going to go six innings and give up two, less than two runs, or this guy's not going to make it through the third inning. I mean, it just feels like he's going to be feast or famine all day. Yeah, I, uh, I'm a little higher on Lance Lynn. I just think he's a veteran, and he was brought in, you know, as a, a low-risk trade that they, they kind of fixed. He had a, a decent ERA, I want to say, in August, and things kind of got bad in September again, but he's a veteran in this spot, and he's a guy with all the capabilities and the stuff. The results haven't been there. I'm going to trust the Dodgers analytics department to tell him what he needs to do right tonight. Yeah, the Dodgers told everybody <laughs> yeah. Clayton Kershaw's experienced. He, Lance Lynn's the type of dude, you're right, he's a vet. He's been doing this forever. He seems like the type of dude that walks by the weight room and points and laughs at the young kids <laughs> that are coming up and like doing things yeah. the right way, <laughs> like working out, treadmill, I support my other fat guys with beards, okay? I stand by him. All right, there you have it. Uh, Looking forward to it tonight. The Dodgers in a big hole. Soar the Patriots to discuss Jeff Howe. He writes about the Patriots, and he says there could be some drama with Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick. Next. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other, as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the DraftKings app and use the promo code SHARP when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. If you want to go inside a dynasty, check out Jeff Howe's book, if these walls could talk, New England Patriots, of course, right after the 17th Super Bowl, tremendous. Jeff Howe writes for The Athletic, and yesterday had an article come out about Bill Belichick. We say hi to Jeff Howe and, of course, Robert Kraft. It's a one-in-four football team, and it's a great article. I encourage everybody to go check it out at The Athletic. Jeff, sure. thanks for joining. And you mentioned if you think that the Shula record of 347 as Belichick sets on uh, 330 is within his grasp and he can just do whatever to get to that point, you're saying don't think that Robert Kraft subscribes to that theory. Uh, No, I I mean, he has made some not-so-subtle references to the fact that they haven't won a playoff game since uh, since Super Bowl 53. And this is two, if not three times in the last, uh, several owners' meetings in March, when unprompted in his opening statement with the New England media and, and a couple national reporters, he's brought that up and he's criticized Belichick's recent draft record. That was about two or three years ago, and cited the the need for change in their draft process. And, and there have been some changes there, but you know, ultimately, they're one in four. They're going to a Raiders team that gave them a pretty humiliating loss last year and coached by Josh McDaniels, of course, you know, this is no longer based off the way the Patriots played the last five weeks, a game that like you should expect the Patriots to win. I mean, this is a massive gut check type of week for them. And then you go into Buffalo and Miami the next couple weeks. And if they don't beat the Raiders, they're in serious danger of falling to one and seven. And you've just got to wonder how much longer this is going to last, because if it doesn't get better, if, if they finish with their worst record in 23 years and only get, let's say, five or six wins, if that, and then you're talking about still being about a dozen games away from passing Shula. And you know, they, they have this potential fairy tale ending set up where next year Belichick had been on pace to get to 348 in the year 2024 for several years. That was going to be Bill Belichick's 50th season in the NFL. And it would have been the perfect time for all of these factors to come together and then Belichick to sort of walk away after 24 if he chose, and then they could hand the baton to Gerard Mayo. But if they're limping to this finish line at 348 and you start spinning it ahead to 2025 and you wonder, you know, what, what is the value of chasing after that record if you're not winning the games in the shorter span, uh, which has been their message for the better part of two and a half decades? 
Jeff, when you look at Bill Belichick, what is the perception with players currently on this roster that surround this team and the fact that Robert Kraft is 81 years old and I'm sure he'd like to get back to another Super Bowl even without Tom Brady? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's something that absolutely drives him. And, you know, starting small, he just wants to win a playoff game. I mean, host a playoff game. Do something other than get blown out by the Buffalo Bills in the wild card rounds. The standard is still extremely high. After the players' perception of Belichick, he's still extremely highly regarded. Uh, there were some issues last year when people were gave a side eye to, to Belichick and, and Patricia and the coaching staff and what they did to the offense and the way that they sort of alienated Mac Jones. But, I mean, bottom line is when some of these free agents are signing, veteran guys you know, who had opportunities to play elsewhere, they've brought up Belichick as a deciding factor for wanting to still play for the Patriots. So he's still got that attraction. But I think two things can be true here. You can still want to play for Belichick. You can still highly respect his game and his defensive mind and the way that he can lead a room. And you can, on the other side of it, still question whether or not this message is getting through because you're one and two and you're going into Dallas, which is a game that you're certainly going to have your team's attention. You're playing essentially in front of a national audience and you get completely blown out. Now, maybe you can chalk that up to saying, all right, well, Dallas is just a better team at this point in time. But then you spin that forward and you go into that Saints game and it it is as one-sided as one-sided can be against a very comparable Saints team that was going through some offensive struggles of their own and got embarrassed on home field. And that's not something uh, Robert Kraft takes lightly. Jeff Howe joining us, The Athletic. He wrote the article, If you think the Patriots owner Robert Kraft wouldn't fire Bill Belichick, you're wrong. Also, the book, If These Walls Could Talk About the New England Patriots here on Sharp Money. We ask if the game has passed Belichick by, or that's been posited many times. How about this, Jeff? Fourth and three, Saints 40-yard line, down 24 nothing, and he punts the ball. In some respects, that's insubordinate. You can't punt there. Why is he punting, and do you believe the game has passed him by? Well, I, I could sit here with four hours uh, for four hours talking about that type of topic with you guys. But, I mean, in terms of punting on fourth and three, I mean, there's just at some point, like, you can, you know, there, there's always going to be that anti-analytics crowd or, or that old school way of thinking where you say, hey, you know what, sometimes you just got to trust the way that things have worked for so long and, and whatever. But in that situation, you're not 24 to three. I don't care what analytics say or whatever anything else says you got to show your team that you have some trust that they can get three yards and maybe mount a comeback. I mean, I don't really understand the logic behind that decision, but then you talk about has the game passed him by. I mean, that's a tough one because there are – you just wonder if a change of scenery is something that would benefit him. I mean, I think, like, the biggest concern if you are the Kraft family is you cut bait. You know, again, let's say you win five to seven games or whatever – I still think no matter how many jobs are open next year, you know, several of them, several of those teams are still going to want Belichick to coach them. So, but again, like I wouldn't expect Belichick to show up somewhere and then all of a sudden forget how to coach coach. It's just, you wonder if year after year and, and I mean, this happens in every sport where just sometimes the message doesn't get delivered as strongly as it once did. Uh, but then in terms of the, the front office, the team, the roster building, I mean, Belichick has had for years, and this philosophy worked for an, you know for a while. Uh, it didn't help the fact that they couldn't draft receivers, but 
he was very anti paying a number one wide receiver. And I understood that, and it worked because you had Tom Brady. But now you've got teams that are investing big-time assets on number one wide receivers, and the Patriots have outright refused to do it. And, you know, there's there's a lot of heat on Mac Jones right now, deservedly so, but he he doesn't have a lot of help around him. And, you know, you look at a, a different scenario. you got Jalen Hurts. The Eagles drafted him in the second round. They put him behind probably the best offensive line in football. They used the first-round pick on Devontae Smith, and they used the first-round pick to trade for A.J. Brown. And now all of a sudden you've got this incredible support staff around him, and you've got a great offensive-minded coach in Nick Sirianni. And this is just – it's a better situation for a young quarterback to grow and develop and to, to learn on the fly, whereas Mac Jones is playing behind quite possibly the worst offensive line in the NFL – something that's been brewing for quite a while. The, the skill pieces aren't there. You know, a lack of investment in the tight end position really until free agency two and a half years ago had, had more than caught up to them in the post-Gronkowski years. And it's just, it's one thing after another where, you know, I wrote a story uh, before the 21 draft, and this was when I was still covering the Patriots on a full-time basis. Uh, it was how do you fall in love with the right quarterback? And it was just going through those five first-round picks and trying to figure out which one was right for you. And if there's a guy in that class where you have to think seriously about trading up for in the draft and the cost that that would take. And I spoke with Lewis Riddick for this story, and he said the, the something that's really stuck out with me quite a bit, and it was actually something that I revisited a couple weeks ago on a different story. When you draft a quarterback <clears> – <throat> and then you kind of cycle through a few years and that guy gets labeled a bust. Well, all of this blame all of a sudden gets put on the player's shoulders. But look at the situation around him. You know, look at what happened to Trevor Lawrence in his first season with Urban Meyer, a guy who told me a year ago he had to completely rebuild his confidence because of that first season with Urban Meyer. You look at some of the situations that have involved Zach Wilson and Justin Fields. And you can't necessarily say that those guys and, and Mac Jones last year with Matt Patricia as his offensive coordinator. You know, history, I guess, maybe, depending on how their stories finish up several years from now, who knows? Maybe they rewrite it. But history will want to call these guys busts. But you got to look at the circumstances around them, and they have not had ideal circumstances. Fascinating. Jeff Howe, Jeff P. Howe on Twitter. It's a great article, The Kraft-Belichick Relationship. I encourage you to check it out. The other articles as well, they're at The Athletic and The Book, If These Walls Could Talk. Jeff, thank you. Appreciate the time. That was awesome. Of course. Appreciate you guys for having me. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Okay, thank you. I, my, my notes, uh, Amal, after on Sunday, uh, Monday morning when I started preparing for the show, I wrote next to the Patriots, uninspired, untalented, and then boring in all caps. That's the team right now. Boring, can... uninspired, un- untalented. To me, watching that game, they looked completely disengaged. I've never seen a team in week five look like they were playing in week 16 or 17. And they head to Vegas right next to you guys next week. Coming back, Steve Berline. Sharp money. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.